Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. And this morning, Wells Fargo, the sequel. Because you have broken my trust and you have broken the trust of millions of others. Your $1.8 trillion bank was turned into a school for scoundrels. Y'all were rotten. Well, you took 5,300 good Americans and turned them into felons. Some of the most egregious fraud we have seen since the foreclosure crisis. Criminal activity was going on in your bank. Then you should be fired because it stopped with you. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. This is just some of the sample of the criticism, the outrage, the anger that was hurled at John Stumpf, CEO of Wells Fargo, during a congressional hearing yesterday. It was Stump's second trip to Capitol Hill after the bank agreed earlier this month to pay $185 million to settle accusations it engaged in illegal banking activities, specifically opening more than 2 million accounts on behalf of customers without their knowledge. Well, joining me are Rana Fruhar with Time Magazine and Sheila Kohatkar with The New Yorker. And two weeks ago, we sat here and we talked about the mess that Wells Fargo finds itself in. So, Sheila, what's happened since then? Well, a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like they were just going to pay their fine and all the top executives would keep their jobs and all the big bonuses and life would go on the way it usually does. But a couple of things happened. One of them was Elizabeth Warren. So John Stumpf, the CEO of Wells Fargo, uh, had to appear to testify before the Senate and Elizabeth Warren ripped into him and she really brought out the key issues to be upset about here. She sort of said, wait a second. You're keeping all your money. You're keeping your job. The other senior people are keeping their money and their jobs. She called him gutless. She said that she wanted him to be investigated by the Justice Department. And this was completely withering. So since then, the board of the company has launched an investigation. Stumpf has agreed or been told by his board that he has to forfeit $41 million of his compensation. That's something that doesn't happen very often. Mm. And now the California treasurer has just announced that the state is not going to do any business with the bank until this gets resolved, which could be very devastating. So, Rana, the board is getting tough with Wells Fargo. but Well, where Elizabeth was... Warren's getting tough, which is the only reason the board's getting tough. Well, that's what I was going to say. Where yeah. was the board before all of this happened? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's amazing that Elizabeth Warren has become the sheriff of Wall Street, right? I mean, she is rounding up these cowboys. She is actually forcing boards to pay attention to this stuff because they're on the hot seats now. I think that this just goes to the fact that, as I said two weeks ago, and, and banking is just the gift that keeps on giving in this sense, there are huge ethical issues still in this industry. Um, And I think that this also reflects the fact that Dodd-Frank actually put pressure on one part of the business, on the trading part of the business, but the culture itself hasn't changed. You still see people looking for profit at whatever cost in other areas of the business. And what's unlucky for Wells and unlucky for, you know, the industry at large is that people can understand this part of the business. And I think that it's going to provoke a tremendous amount of outrage because of that. To pick up on that point of how easy it is to understand for so many people when they work, they have these goals, they have quotas that they have to meet. So I think that's something that's really understandable that you have to sell a certain number of widgets. And if you don't, you're not going to make as much money and you're going to be out of a job too. Well, you know, it actually reminds me of something that is a problem across all industries, which is basically managing by balance sheet. You know, when you give people just a target and say, here are your marks, you've got to hit them. And by the way, this is becoming a bigger and bigger deal in the era of big data because all of our bosses get metrics on all of us in any number of ways. And I think that when you look at things in that silo, sometimes you can actually miss the the forest for the trees and say, hey, what's the mission here? The mission is to actually serve customers. Well, and I think also during a time when income and wealth inequality is huge, here you have a situation where there were 
very junior-level hourly employees being squeezed and pressured through unreasonable demands and quotas, and then at the top of the company, these executives with enormous pay packages in the hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars. And again, up until recently, it seemed like they were going to just kind of skate through mm-hmm. without giving any of that money up, and it just really shows you what's happening in the broader economy. Okay, so Sheila, we had this hearing yesterday. What do you think is going to come out of it? Does John Stump keep his job? Well, it certainly looks like he's trying very hard to keep his job, including by agreeing to this clawback of his compensation. So this is something that gets whispered about every time there's a big bank scandal. You know, are they going to take back the money? It rarely happens. I mean, when when J.P. Morgan lost $6 billion on this London whale trade, Mm. the CEO of the bank agreed to forego his salary and another top executive agreed to give up some money, but they didn't officially claw back the money. And this is something that's always sort of hanging out there as an obvious recourse to this type of thing. And the fact that they've agreed to it here shows how seriously, I think, Stump mm. is taking this. Okay, so one development that I've found puzzling is that the regulator that was created after the financial crisis, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, which is to protect consumers against the kind of abuses that we're talking about, even though it brought the action against Wells Fargo it's now coming under attack. Why is that happening? Well, there is a group of people in Washington that has been fighting very bitterly against the CFPB from the beginning. So I would put forth that they will take any opportunity they can come up with to criticize. And of course, you could say, well, they should have found this sooner. It was pretty egregious. It was pretty obvious. It was reported in the LA Times a few years ago. It was reported in the LA Times in 2013. There have been lawsuits and settlements going back before that, as came out in the hearing yesterday. Uh, but I think we should be heartened by the fact <laughs> that at least I'm, we know about it now. No, I totally agree with what you said. But I also think it's interesting. The Federal Reserve is the sort of uber banking regulator, right? They sit above all the other agencies. And Janet Yellen was being grilled about this in Congress. What is the Fed going to do to become tougher on the banks? I think there's going to be more pressure, particularly after interest rates eventually go up and we kind of get out of that whole paradigm for the Fed to take on a more aggressive role in banking regulation. So should other banks be worried? It sounds to me like there's a dirty secret in the banking industry and that this kind of thing may be going on at other institutions. And there was a moment in the congressional hearing yesterday where a member of Congress said, you know, what do you have to say about the fact that in 2007, a handful of employees of your bank were fired for opening fake accounts? And she was basically suggesting to him that this has been going on much longer. But, you know, I think this is about the fact that the business model in banking is broken. It used to be that banks did something very simple. They took everybody's deposits and they lent it out to businesses. Businesses then grow and create jobs. In the last 40 years, there was a shift to trading and there was a shift to creation of consumer and corporate debt. And so the trading arm has been squashed a little bit in terms of profitability. You're now seeing people, including, you know, Goldman, Morgan, shift over to the consumer uh, retail branch of the business. It's no surprise you're seeing fraud there now. Banking needs to get back to doing what it did 40 years ago, which is supporting business. And I think when that happens, you might start to see a correction. Well, Sheila, Rana, thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. Sheila Kohatkar is a staff writer at The New Yorker, and Rana Faruhar is assistant managing editor for business at Time Magazine. And I'm Charlie Herman, and you're listening to Money Talking from WNYC. Mm-hmm.